people say, be happy because happiness is a choice. Not true. People say, don't be stressed. Just let it go. Not true. You can't just let it go. That's Jesse Junta Rafe. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Joseph. Happy Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today as we close out this week's talks with an amazing talk by a best-selling author, speaker, psychotherapist, and success coach. And today, she debuts on the show to talk about the landscape of anxiety and why anxiety isn't necessarily always a bad thing. And then she talks about how to attain higher levels of happiness. And then towards the end of her talk, she discusses her proven practice to lower anxiety and to live a happier life. Here's Jesse Juntarafe. Enjoy. Well, here's a fun scientific fact about happiness. Our brains are not wired to be happy. Our brains are not wired to be happy. They're wired for survival, to protect us. We feel like we're these evolved beings because our technology has advanced so far and we're living in these modern times so far away from caveman times. But the reality is our brains haven't changed. We hear a noise in the restaurant and we still look behind us to see if there's a saber-toothed tiger hiding behind the co-rack. In order to maintain our social standing, we're still posting our stories on walls. And in order to find mates to increase our survival chances, we still go clubbing. That's why when we're working on our big goal to reduce climate change and we're this close to finishing up our 20-step plan to replant the Amazonian rainforest, What our anxiety is worried about is, why is Mike not texting me back? Because 200,000 years ago, it would have been a matter of life and death if Caveman Mike didn't text you back. Cave Mike, he doesn't matter much anymore, but we don't know that. We didn't get the Mike update. None of us did, luckily for Mike. But that still begs the question, why, when we have access to all these resources, information, and even technology to tackle anxiety, why are anxiety rates rising across the world? And it's not because of Mike. It's because we can see where we want to go on an intellectual level, but we're still triggered by our survival mind. We feel anger, frustration insecurity, jealousy, shame. And we want to jump from that to, I want to be positive, manifesting, best version of myself. 
So we put on the meditation app and listen to the soothing podcast, but we listen to these intellectually. We hear that we need to let go, and our brains process that we need to let go, but we don't get it emotionally. And then we feel bad that we can't make the jump, and we think, what's wrong with me? And then we go on Instagram and we're like, clearly everyone else has this figured out. I should have this figured out too. <laughs> and there's that should again. And the spiral of anxiety starts once more. Legendary psychoanalyst Karen Horney, who laid a lot of the modern framework for how we think about anxiety, said that in neuroses, we're split between a real self and an ideal self. And our constant struggle to live up to this ideal self takes us further and further away from happiness. This is what she calls the tyranny of the shoulds. Is it any wonder why people are crippling under the weight of their shoulds? Is it any wonder why multiple studies are reporting huge increases in people seeking mental health treatment for anxiety? The pandemic has laid bare how unattainable our external expectations are of us. Keep working full time, switch to working from home, switch to homeschooling your children, and don't forget to learn a new skill. All the while facing a collective global trauma that hasn't seen a precedent in over a hundred years. And even worse, our internal shoulds have been amplified. I should have been more prepared for this unprecedented global event. <laughs> I should have been more productive. Why have I not taken over the world from my new kitchen slash office? <laughs> We've ended up with an even bigger gap than we had before all this between the goals we set for ourselves and where we are right here, right now. The gap is huge. The bridge is missing. And we don't know how to build it. This all sounds a bit grim, I know. But here's why knowing this is actually good news. When we know that our brains are not wired to be happy, we can immediately dismiss all the bad advice we get about anxiety and happiness. People say, be happy because happiness is a choice. Not true. People say, don't be stressed, just let it go. Not true, you can't just let it go. Even Elsa, the patron saint of letting it go, when she sang this song, she locked herself in a castle and didn't speak to anyone for half the film. <laughs> letting go is not a song and dance number. People say, Think positive, and thinking positive could be a step in the right direction, but it backfires when we're trying to jump from anxiousness to that positive affirmation we're trying to embody. A client recently came into my office after having read a blog about affirmations, and she said, Jesse, I've been saying my affirmations every day. I don't feel more beautiful. I don't feel more confident. I don't feel more about ease about money. And my relationship still sucks. And now, on top of all that, I feel like I'm failing in affirmations. Is there an affirmation for saying better affirmations? 
So what should we do instead? Face the anxiety head on and meet it with compassion and love. We're trying so hard to be emotionally evolved that we forgot to just give ourselves permission to feel what we feel. Anxiety isn't the bad guy. It's a signal that we need to make a change in our lives. It can give us awareness to do something different. Awareness to work on ourselves. Awareness to create change. Anxiety can be an indicator in a relationship that something is off. It can be a ping. Here are some messages you received in your childhood that you still need to work through. It can be that feeling that I felt in the pit of my stomach around giving this talk that motivated me to work on it every day and ask for help when I got stuck. Therapists are trained to listen. It's usually you the one that does the talking. Noting anxiety has the potential to create momentum. Anxiety can be a motivator to take action, to make things better for the future. The time when anxiety backfires is when we deny or judge it. When we deny anxiety, it tends to grow like a wildfire until we're frozen with fear and can't make any progress. When we judge ourselves for having a specific feeling, that's when we're in the should spiral again. And it goes something like, it's so stupid I'm having feelings about this. Why can't I just get over it? Versus, it's okay that I'm scared. This is what I do with myself. It's okay that I'm scared. And then I ask myself, what do I need? Go for a walk? Call a friend? Make progress on the thing that's making me anxious? Or as my client came to the rocking decision, I know. I'll volunteer at my local candidate's office. When we give ourselves compassion and love, that's when we start to have a better understanding of ourselves. And that's when we can start using anxiety to our benefit. So how do we start building that bridge towards a happier life? Gratitude is a great practice, and I highly recommend it. But it focuses on the external. You're grateful for things outside of yourself in order to be happy. So if your only way of dealing with anxiety is gratitude journaling, then essentially you're placing your happiness on the whim of events outside of your control. Because it's not gratitude that eliminates anxiety, but compassion. We need to focus on the things inside of ourselves in order to be happy. And we can do this through self-appreciation exercise. So instead of asking yourself, what are three things that I feel grateful for today? You ask yourself, what are three things that I did today that I feel good about? And you can say things like, I feel good that I opened the door for the elderly man trying to walk into the store. I feel good that I made a homemade lunch. I feel good that I helped my friend with a problem. I feel good that I took time to take a walk. I feel good that I'm watching a TED talk right now. 
you focus on the things within your power and within your control. You're cultivating self-love because the better we feel about ourselves, the more empowered and confident we become. And that's when we're using anxiety in a productive way. When's the best time to do this? Anytime. Although I recommend to my clients that they do it at the end of the day, that way it gets ingrained in the unconscious mind. This actually changes the neural pathways. So the next time caveman Mike doesn't text you back, over time, instead of your brain seeking external validation, it will go to self-appreciation because you are now cultivating the validation from within. As for Mike, it won't stop him from not texting you, but it will stop you from caring. So my hope for this talk is that instead of running from anxiety or masking it or trying to beat it into submission, is that you actually deal with it. Practicing self-appreciation allows you to see more and more of who you are and who you have the potential to be. But whether it's through my self-appreciation practice or finding a therapist, or just admitting it to a friend. You know, I'm not abnormal for feeling this. I can face it. I can create change. Big thanks to Jesse Junta Rafe for stopping by. Her website is jesse-junta-rafe.com. Her Instagram is jesse-junta-rafe-lmft. Her podcast is entitled The Live Better Podcast, and her latest book is entitled Life Launch, A Roadmap to an Extraordinary Adulthood. And everything I just mentioned, along with a link to her entire talk, will be in the show description below, so you can go check that out. And lastly, don't forget to follow the show, share it, or leave a rating and review on either Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate you for it, and that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I hope you have an amazing and wonderful weekend, and I will see you back here Monday. So until then, stay strong. Later.